Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done, and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to learn how to build authority, expand your influence, and increase your impact. This is the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure. Hey there, Impact Makers. Today on the podcast, I'm chatting with Derek Clark, a human resources leader and recently retired Army counterintelligence agent who has a passion for teaching others about the power of nonverbal communication. Derek is a U.S. Army veteran with 22 years of service who specialized in counterintelligence investigations and intelligence informant operations. Through those responsibilities, he became a subject matter expert in body language assessments and high-stakes interviewing in threatening environments, and he's taught those skills to thousands of U.S. soldiers in both the official Army Counterintelligence School as well as in live environment military operations. Derek founded BodySight's Body Language Training to help leaders and organizations to notice key nonverbals during interviews, client interactions, investigations, performance reviews, and negotiations. In our discussion today, we'll talk about the importance of reading and understanding body language and the impact that it can have in various contexts, as well as how understanding these concepts can help leaders to foster stronger relationships, make better informed decisions, and navigate complex interpersonal dynamics more effectively. Well, welcome, Derek Clark, to the Impact Makers podcast. It's so excited to talk to you today about all things body language and uh, how we can be a detective people, or at least that's the way I'm approaching this conversation. Um, but why don't you tell us who you are and uh, what you're all about and what you're doing these days? Hello, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. I'm 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 really excited. I've I've uh, kind of been a become a recent fan of your 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 stuff just with disrupt hr and everything so uh, i'm excited to to actually uh, be a part of this and uh, and thank you for having me on so i'm derek clark and uh, for for a while now about, about the past 22 years i've been in the army as a counterintelligence agent and so so counterintelligence means like like what what that person does essentially is like there's in uh, federal investigations into national security crimes like espionage and then, uh, and also, there is a lot of work with, uh, like, a, like an informant network. I, I would say. So when I go to places like Iraq or Afghanistan, then uh, there's people there that have information. It's my job to go out and talk to them and get them, you know, build relationships of trust really quickly, and uh, and and then I, you know, kind of get them to bring that information uh so that we can we can have a better relationship with with the government there with the the people the local populace and uh, and and protect people's lives so uh in that yeah in that like i learned like it's actually really liked it like it's it's been uh it's been really informative and interesting and just exciting to get out and do that type of work because i i like interacting with people and uh you know, but but in it, I've learned a lot about just just how to how to hone my skills with uh, you know just the nonverbals that people throw out there, and you know what they mean and how how to how to influence uh, other people that way. And, you know, just and so so it's it's been really it's been a great ride, but I'm I'm pretty much done uh, finishing up here, and uh, so I'm I'm looking to to move on and and share a lot of that information with other people. So you mentioned before we started recording, you're about three months from retirement. Yeah, yeah. So 
not uh not far i think uh, like like it's always been like you talk to people and they're like they're like i don't know what i'm gonna do i don't want to be when i grow up i i uh, like and you don't notice it until you know you, you get in that those last few months you're like you know what i i I, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna get up early in the morning and you know, <laughs> that would be my first thought too. <laughs> you know, yeah, like go, you know, get yelled at. And uh, actually, I've been in a long time. I, I'm the one that does the yelling now. So, <laughs> well, thank you for your service. We appreciate uh, your commitment to the United States and uh, keeping us safe. So, when you joined the military, was counterintelligence this type of work what you were interested in, or how did you end up in this field? That. Um, it was just as I was as I was talking to the recruiter, and I just kept asking the questions, and I kept asking questions, and kept like 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 I, I wanted to know more about all of the the things that were available. And he and he he was like, you might be interested in in like an intelligence field just because of the how inquisitive I was, I think. And, and he brought it up, and he was like, you can do you know do these investigations, you become a federal agent, you you know you get training in in like like how to interview people and and um you, you know like you, you use your your language that you already have and i'm, I'm like this this sounds what i want to do like, like like this is this is it uh it just it just seemed like like the best fit uh, a better fit i didn't want to blow stuff up i didn't want to uh you know i didn't want to like build buildings or uh but i did want to interact and this was one of the best ways for uh, that they were that they were thrown out there that i could do that Sure. Well, over the years, you've obviously learned more about, you know, watching people's interactions and their body language, et cetera. What's kind of motivating you now to want to teach others how to use that in the business context? So I think um, actually what, I, what I, one of the things that I've learned is that we've always known, like everyone knows kind of innately about how to read other people. Uh, you, you, we all learn how to speak by watching other people. Like I, I, there's no other way. You just watch someone's uh, nonverbals. You watch their body language. You, you see their reactions, uh, positive and negative feedback, and then you learn how to communicate. But because we have words, and and even now more so, you know, with we, we've introduced social distancing into our culture, and uh, you know, digital devices that that you know that's you know, people don't see emotion anymore in faces; they see emotion in emojis, and. So all of all of those things, I'm like, like, like I want to help people bring it, bring those 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 things back into their consciousness. Uh, and we, we put it in the subconscious level. I mean, and I've always thought that I've been just really good at reading people. I've kind of been an, an entertainer by trait, not really by trade. I never got paid, but like I I would watch people and 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 you know, change my, my behavior based on how their, what their reactions were. So I thought I was really good at reading people. And then one, when I went to Iraq in like, it was 2003, we're, so it was like, we're at the, the front of the, you know, of the action and everything. I had my first opportunity to interview a detainee. And, and, and I was like, so while we're, while we're, I'm, I'm going through a series of people and I got to this guy and he was not comfortable at all. And I could like, I could tell. So I, I I know stuff. I'm like, this guy's lying to me. I got it. And, you know, so I, I kept trying to get information out of him and because I knew he was lying, he was being deceptive it, and nothing. I wasn't getting anything. And later my supervisor kind of came in and he, and he, he started talking to him a different way. 
and the guy opened up. But then what we, we what we realized is that he was not being deceptive. He was not telling me things because of like like he wasn't doing the things that I, I was accusing him of. He he legitimately had a different story that checked out and and like everything worked worked in place. And he, he was an innocent guy. I almost sent him to Abu Ghraib. And if uh, you know, for maybe your listeners who, who don't remember, Abu Ghraib was that was a, a place that was kind of a black eye in the United States where they were treating detainees very poorly. And uh, but I almost I was ready to send this guy there. Uh, you know, it turns out he was innocent. Um, you know, it, but I but I made a determination based on his body language what, what I, or what I assessed as his body language was deceptive. And, and I realized that sometimes it's not the case. Sometimes people are comfortable or they're uncomfortable. And it's more important to, you know, just because they're uncomfortable doesn't mean that they're lying or they're being deceptive. And uh, so I, I think I really wanted to, I, I, me being a, like a trained agent and, and a guy that already naturally was, was good at body language and I, and I wasn't picking this up. And so I think that what I really wanted to do was kind of kind of help other people who are probably in either the same boat or even a smaller boat than 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 I was, and um, help them realize that that there's there's more things with with people than meets the eye, and uh, if I can help them understand, if I can help them hire the right people, if I can help them uh, you know conduct employee investigations employee relations investigations, or if it can help uh, law enforcement protect themselves and, and others, then then I want to do that. Sure. So you mentioned that most of us think we're pretty good at, at reading other people, and some people maybe are, but how how bad are we? Uh, <laughs> how bad are we, the untrained folks? We, we all so, think we're good at it, but are we really? <laughs> so uh, like I said, it's like, like we all have this, this uh, at, at the very least, a gut feeling about things. And that's that subconscious uh, messaging that, that we get. But really, as far as like determining deception, studies have shown that, that people are no better than 50% at, at determining. So you flip a coin, basically. Is this person lying? I don't know. Let's, let's, see, what, let's see what George Washington says. They got heads or tails. So it, it, it's hard to tell. And that's why, that's why I mentioned before, uh, uncomfortable and comfortable. Because instead of instead of trying to determine deception or trying to even figure out the many thousands of different body language indicators, uh, which are, are which can be different in each person, uh, everyone everyone reacts differently to stress. Everyone is different as far as uh, you know how they uh, you know what's comfortable to them. So so until we can you know we can determine those things, then. Just look for, and this, this is what I talk to people about, um, not really speed reading, but just quickly categorizing someone. Are they comfortable? If they're comfortable, okay, then then uh, then we can go this route with confidence. Or uh, if they're not comfortable, then something is a threat. So, so people are uncomfortable because there's a threat to them, and that's either a threat to their physical person, a threat to their emotions, a threat to their status quo, a threat to their standing in the community, Wh whatever those things are, are, are they're, they're going to be a threat and, and that causes discomfort in people. So once we see that discomfort, uh, we don't necessarily have to, like, like I mentioned before, we don't have to assume that they're lying to us, but something is different and something is wrong. And when we, when we dig deeper and when we, with, with, um, 
dig deeper with a, a, a lot of uh, empathy, then it's easier to get them to open up to, to talk about what those differences are, what why they're feeling uncomfortable. And when we do that, then then we make people realize that we are not a threat to them, that we, we just want to listen. We just want to understand them. And, and so once they realize that there's no threat anymore, then it's easier to, to just like, like talk about the things that are bothering them. Sure. Well, let's, let's take this to, you know, a scenario I'm sure many of our listeners have been in before. I know I have been uh, like an interview for a job situation. Obviously many people coming into that, we're going to be nervous for obvious reasons, but let's use the example of someone who's maybe coming into the situation who has a lot of distrust in human resources or leadership because they come from a, a negative experience in their past with that type of individual. So they come into the interview, they want the job, they're already nervous, but they, as you said, they're uncomfortable because I am the VP of HR just by, you know, and I've had somebody tell me that they said, it's not you, it's the seat you sit in. <laughs> so how do we, you obviously can see that they're either defensive or nervous or, uh, you know, not maybe necessarily being forthcoming. What are some tips that you have for us if we're in a position like that to kind of get to the root of, or is, do we need to get to the root of why they're uncomfortable or how can we make them make this a productive situation for both of us? Right. So I think this is a really good question. I, I think that, uh, I mean, you can almost guarantee that a person coming in for an interview, even if they don't have a problem with HR, they're going to be nervous. Uh, occasionally, you'll get those people that are just super confident in every situation, but that's that's the exception of the policy, I think. Uh, what, uh, what, a, what an interviewer needs to do in the beginning is to just make sure that they're establishing rapport and a baseline. Uh, and, but you don't get that baseline without the rapport. So, you know, and, and it goes, it goes like, like everything that you're doing. Some people think they have to be smiles all the time. And, you know, where, where then it starts looking fake if it, if it actually is fake, but be genuine, be open. And uh, so there's to build rapport. There's just some simple things that you can do, but the list, I mean, there's a long list of things that, that go into building rapport, uh, but at least, you know, smile in the beginning, smile at the end, get a good handshake. Sometimes people think that, that, uh, you know, like you reach in and that someone closes just a little bit too early on accident uh, and, and it's awkward, but uh, but go ahead and like like readjust, say, wait a second, that, was, that wasn't good. Maybe the other person closed on accident and that makes them feel even more uncomfortable. Get a good one, you, you show, hey, we're looking to do things right. We're looking to, we're looking to have a, like, like a good uh, contact, um, you know, have, and the rapport is going to start for an interview. It's going to start even before someone walks in. So the people that they meet along the way, that that they feel comfortable, that that you know that they have that they have water, that they you know they they understand the process, uh, what's going to happen, who they're going to talk to. Uh, you know, these are the people even before they even come into the building. These are the people that are going to interview you. So that gives them a chance to like look look them up and and see what kind of things that they're interested in. And then uh, ask this person before you, like uh, one of the big questions is tell me about yourself, uh, but also ask them about like, what do you like to do? Outside, just let's, let's, let's drop work for a second. What do you like to do? Because when people start talking about things that they enjoy, then they, they can relax more. And then you get them, you get them set up in that, that, that position of, of uh, where you can see their baseline, where you can see what they look like as they're relaxed. And then, you know, then later during your interview, Hopefully you can maintain that just by, by a good open relationship. Sometimes you don't even have to ask questions. 
I've done, I've done interviews before where I don't ask any questions at all. Like, like it's a personal challenge for me. I don't ask the questions, but I, but I elicit the information by, you know, making statements and then they, maybe they correct me or making, you know, or, or just uh, like, like talking about how interesting I think something is. And then they elaborate, but you, you can get through an entire inter interview without one single question. And I think it's because sometimes when, when people start asking questions and, and, and when it becomes, especially in an interview, the question and the question and the question, it becomes an interrogation at that point. And again, you're going to make people, people feel a little bit more uncomfortable, but get them talking about things that they like. And, and then they relax a little bit more. And then you can, you can, you, once you get into the interview, they won't even notice that it's, that it's happening. Sure. Well, how are, I know when I first started, you know, decades ago, uh, interviewing people, et cetera, and, and reading information to try to get better at it, there was a lot of focus at that time on firm handshakes and smiles and eye contact. Now, here we are many years later, and I think we're more evolved as humans, and we've learned that sometimes people are neurodivergent. Maybe they don't make good eye contact. Cultural differences, um, you know, how people have been brought up to respond to other people in uh, higher positions, et cetera. Uh, again, personal trauma that people bring into situations. So how much emphasis do we actually need to place on it, particularly in an interview for a job on body language? Is that fair? I think, yeah, you're, and that's a, that's a good question, good assessment, because there are, there are uh, like you mentioned, neurodivergence that, that are, they're phenomenal at, at, at doing the work uh, and, they're they're a tremendous asset for their for their company. Um, I think you if you're if you're effective at establishing that baseline, though, you'll understand that maybe culturally, uh, maybe maybe like for for more Asian cultures, then then they they have they don't they don't um, maintain as much eye contact. It's actually disrespectful, or they they don't like touch, and that's okay. But uh, but getting giving them an opportunity to to be relaxed and in their own environment, this is where you notice your baseline. So you notice that they that they they, they don't look at me, you know, during their baseline. Then then that's fine. That's that's how they are. It's when they change from that baseline, uh, then something is something is a little off about maybe the the question that I asked or the the like their experience level something is something is a little off and so then at that point i don't disqualify a, a person instead i i just maybe ask a couple more questions about it or or come at it from a different angle to see if i get the same response or if they're if try to get them to open up a little bit about it there may be legitimate reasons why people are acting a certain way like the guy that i like that i interviewed in iraq like like he was he was actually like a security guard in an area where we detained many people, but he wasn't really doing his job as well as 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 uh, he should have been, and he he felt he felt embarrassed by that. Um, so, but because of that embarrassment, he acted a little bit differently when we were when we were asking him about certain things. So there, there's lots of different reasons why people are acting the way they they do. And so the more information that you have. And the more understanding, the empathy that like that sometimes people are not going to be people, people, but but can they do what what we need them to do, and can they do it effectively? And uh, I think you can find out that the body language will give you maybe an indication of of um, you know where they break from their baseline, where there's just information that you need to to 
to develop further. And that's all. With, uh, I know a lot of your work is focused on HR leaders and helping them to use body language, body language indicators, but I see a huge opportunity with hiring managers who don't do a lot of interviewing, who come into, you know, interviews with a lot of their own opinions about, I, I, maybe again, being unfair, but a lot of them hire people just because they like them. Yeah, we yeah, connected. Had, yeah, we connected. That, like me, like yeah. you, the halo effect. There's, yeah, there's. So, uh, so when you're training hiring managers or working with the type of people who maybe they only interview a few times a year, so they they tend they would say they you know are great at it, but maybe they tend to pick people that they connect with, which like you said often is people more like me. What are some tips that you give them or some things that you really try to drive home to help them make more objective assessments about people rather than, well, he had a great handshake or he didn't, or she never looked me in the eye, or we laughed the whole time during the interview. She's great. You know, <laughs> what what do you try to teach them to overcome that likability factor and focus more on objective skills? So when we go out and, and kind of kind of recruit and, and and find informants in in like places that you know like foreign foreign areas uh, they're not always the most ideal person for me you know they're 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 the people that that can get the information and sometimes that means that they're embedded with with dirty shady people and, you know, and so, so talking with them, sometimes I, you know, like I feel so, so like, ah, oh, this, I, I, I don't like, like, I don't connect with this guy and any, in like all of his decisions, I would make the exact opposite. Okay. But, it, but there's that, there's, there's a difference between, you know, is, is there a person that's, that's like me and, and we're all going to make the same decisions or is it a person that can get the job done? And it can get the job done better than I could, more effectively than I could. So, so sometimes these dirty, shady people, they know all about smuggling routes in and out of Syria, or they like they they understand where people are, you know, like like the mindset of of people that want to just just blow up every American that they that they that they see. And so, so first thing, once you know, like like before you even look at a person. You got to determine what it is and, and, and more than just what's in the job posting, but like what is going to make a successful candidate here. And, and it's not just me developing this like like this is what I think a successful candidate should be like like it's talking to the, 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 the managers, the supervisors, the, the on the ground operators, like all of you people, what is it that really makes someone successful in this particular role? And then I look for that person, whether whether like they're like me or not. Uh, who who's going to get that job done better than I could and I think that that's that's but you have to you also have to have in this mindset and um like in a lot of the you'll see in a lot of HR training where like hey stay away from that halo effect stay away from that horn effect the you know stay like look for look for the right people so so just keeping that in mind before you go in I think is going to be like a like a bigger thing like I really like you but you don't fit you don't fit the the profile Right. 
So keeping people focused on the objective criteria and having good tip from me, (laughs) have good interview questions to help you get at that so that you don't go off track on what you like and don't like about people. Not not, not questions that tailor (laughs) someone to specifically what you like. They have to be be, uh, ones that you can ask anyone. Well, what do you think is the most important body language indicator? Is there one that's more important for us to pay attention to than others? Yes. I'll tell you, and I'll tell you what it is. Um, so like, there, here's the secret sauce, Jennifer. All right, I'm ready. Here is the one nonverbal to rule them all. And, and the fact is there is none, actually. Oh, but, <laughs> I was ready. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but here's the thing. Like, the most important thing is to realize that everyone is different. And so, so someone, their most important body language, uh, my indicator might be the fact that they, that they cover their chest whenever they're uncomfortable or, you know, but someone else may rub the back of their head when they're uncomfortable. Uh, everyone has something that, that is, that is unique to them. And just because I rub the back of my head doesn't mean the same thing that it does when you rub the back of your head. So there are all of these indicators and we you have to take them as individual elements. Now, it's not necessarily, like I said before, it's not necessarily important to memorize every single every single indicator, what it means, because because like 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 trained people, people that have, that have that have done this for a long time, sometimes they'll even they'll even make mistakes, and so it, that that just happens because everyone is so different. You have to you have to look for several like what what are called clusters. So, so several different uncomfortable body language indicators that are happening all at once. For example, I, I can be really comfortable, but then, uh, you know, then I, I cover my mouth and then I cross my, my arms and I, I look away and, and, and I, I put my feet towards the door in an, in an escape attempt. So a lot of things all happening at once, then something is very, very uncomfortable with what just happened. You also have to think about like context as well. What what just happened? What's going on in the area? What are we talking about? What um, you know? What what happened in this person's background? Uh, that uh, and and other you know cultural issues like, like a lot of things that that play into what a person does doesn't necessarily mean that that anything is going to mean the same thing with someone else. Mm-hmm. Very early on in my career, I was. Uh... In my early 20s, youngest in person, youngest person in the company, youngest leader on the management team, the only woman on the management team. So I say all that for context. <laughs> <laughs> and in our leadership, yes, in our leadership team meetings, I uh, I've never been shy about sharing my opinions. And one day my boss pulled me aside after the meeting. He said, Jennifer, you have no poker face. <laughs> <laughs> We know exactly how you feel, good or bad, when someone is speaking in the meeting, and you really need to work on that. So what did I do the next meeting? I came in and I put masking tape on my mouth, (laughs) (laughs) which got me two weeks of communications training for leaders. (laughs) <laughs> but, but that's just that's just it like that's your strength though like 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 your strength is like like the fact that you you're you're you don't even want to go so far as to be deceptive in any way and, and that's and that's fine that's that's good that's like, right i was genuine <laughs> like like use your strengths like like i walk into a, a dentist office and i'll be like I, I put my hands out and i'm like you know i, I point hey, hey everyone in the waiting room good morning you know like like 
because that's my strength. That's what I do. But you know, but but you like if if, if that's not you, if I think I, I saw one of your podcasts where you're a little bit more introverted than than something like that. But but you're but if that's your strength, if your strength is like, listen, what you see is what you get with me. You know, don't worry about the having a poker face. Be 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 the genuine you. I think wiser Jennifer 40 years later, well, not 40, 35 years later, again, <laughs> share, shares the, I'm, I'm young folks, um, shares the context because they're probably, I mean, some of that maybe is my personality to be a little bit more, yes, I'm introverted in real life, but um, I can lead. Um, <laughs> but I think the context is important. I'm trying to be heard in that scenario. I'm young, I'm female, I'm new. And so, trying to yeah, be heard you, and that's you get pushed around really easy in a, in a scenario like that so it's i think as we grow wiser and hopefully with your training for leaders it is about context it is about trying to understand and as you said looking at what is the scenario why would this person be potentially uncomfortable what might they trying to be trying to overcome or compensate for and even better than pulling me aside and saying, you have no poker face, fix that. <laughs> Maybe pull me aside and say, tell me why you behave, you know, why you yeah, feel like how you can we use that? How can that we, way. How can we benefit from that? Yeah. So let me understand a little bit more of why you're so visible with your emotions <laughs> so that you could coach me as a leader rather than sending me away for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you don't fit our mold. Bye. <laughs> I learned though, obviously I grew from that experience. All right. Well, let's kind of um, wrap up the conversation with maybe sharing with us some of the business areas that you think could benefit from learning about nonverbal communications or, or, or leaders. You know, what are some specific situations where you feel like the training and the information that you provide is really valuable? So, I mean, we already talked about hiring managers and, and you know, like employee relations. Uh, a lot of times people automatically assume sales and negotiations or law enforcement uh, when you when you talk about body language and, and, and things like that. But uh, I've also noticed I may mean, have spoken to uh, sexual sexual assault uh, coordinators. So, you know, helping people to, to rec I was amazed to find how many times victims will recognize each other. And it's because of the way that they hold themselves. Uh, but because of that, predators also recognize victims because they know what they're looking for. So, so areas like that uh, may be very useful in protecting people from from uh, potential assault or future assault or uh, assault again. And then um, also any any company that that has like their main revenue comes from forward facing like customer facing individuals like your like your hotel industry your your airline industry where you're going to see like the most angry people across the board that anger builds in the body and and you can you can see it coming out before they start you know going on their tirades about whatever it is that they're upset about and noticing that before and understanding uh, that because you saw it now I can uh, I can work on these de-escalation techniques that, that I also like to, to talk to, to talk to people about. I mean, how much is it going to cost you to you know to get these bad reviews or how many you know the customer service is terrible? Uh, and 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 again, how much you know, what's the ROI when you get those five stars? Uh, so uh, anytime that your that your your revenue is generated from someone that that has human to human contact, then uh, that is is where where uh, body language and nonverbal training is going to be essential. 
Okay. Well, I'm fascinated by the work that you do. And again, thank you for your service to our country and how you've applied that learning. But how can we learn more about you or find out how to work with you? So um, I do have a website that is, it's called BodySite, just BodySites.com. Uh, that's the my company's BodySites. Kind of a play on words with uh, the body language and then the the uh, the site picture from uh, from uh, from shooting, uh, but like just shoot in target like because you got to aim and, and target and, and see what you need to see, uh, and then of course on LinkedIn, uh, Derek dot Clark, so it's spelled a little bit different, so D E R I K dot Clark, and uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I, I I'm always posting uh, some sort of tip that will be useful to to like all those areas that we talked about for just like body language and human interaction, uh, nonverbal de-escalation techniques or, or all of those things. Mm -hmm. Well, again, thanks for joining us today and sharing more about this. I think it's something that we can all get better at uh, and need to be continuously learning. So I appreciate the insights you've shared and look forward to continuing to learn from you in the future. Jennifer, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's time for you to get noticed, create change and grow your influence. Don't waste any time. Subscribe to this podcast and help us get the word out by leaving a review.